We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. Nation, what is going on? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace, and I'm joined by the one, the only, the lovely Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how's it going, brother? Hey, I'm doing lovely over here. But Alex, I always my ears always perk up a little bit when I know we're gonna talk about the boys, <laughs> and we're continuing our segment on player goals, but this time we're transitioning over to who. This time we're talking about the player that we interviewed this week, the center, the longest tenured pacer of this team right now, Miles Turner. And I thought, let's just kind of close out Miles Turner week with a player or player goals for Miles Turner. And so we felt like he deserved his own episode. He is someone that Chad Buchanan said will be a starter. Nobody else besides Tyrese was mentioned as a guaranteed starter for this team. So I think that him being the longest tenured with a lot still to prove, I would say. This is going to be a pretty fun episode to dive in to a guy that we just talked to, a guy that you know really gave us some great insight on what he's looking forward to doing this season. But I'm just curious your thoughts here, Fachi. What is one goal that you have in mind for, for Miles to reach this year? Oh, man, you know me. You asked for three. I'll give you anywhere from four to five. So, what are you um, doing? This is not what the I, rules. That, that, that is not the rules. The rules are meant to be broken. But here's uh, no, they're not. You know what? I'll, I'll go with this one. I'll go with my biggest one first. Making an all-defensive team. I okay. think that's the thing that has haunted Turner for years, for all the times that fans have said, Defensive player of the year, like he's got to be, like he's actually yet to make an all defensive team and truly get his flowers. I feel like the Pacers have a long way to go defensively. So maybe that is a big uphill battle for Miles to be on an all defensive team, knowing that, you know, we're you know, towards the bottom of the league defensive team. But 
look, if this team is going to turn around defensively, Miles needs to be that stud rim protector of years past. The man once regarded as the best shot blocker on the planet. Turner's blocks have actually decreased by at least half a block per game each of the last three seasons, going from 3.4 to 2.8, down to 2.3, as opponents have shot a better percentage at the rim against him. But a lot is going to be on Miles' shoulders defensively. However, I feel that he's up for the challenge. So I do think that even if he's striving for an all-defensive team, Alex, if he's the first one snubbed, you know we're still getting a real good Miles turn defensively because there are some real elite bigs in the league that uh, it, it's it's real hard to get past. If Turner can be a top three or four defensive big, it's going to go a long way. Yeah, well, you must have been uh, sneaking into my house and reading my notes that I had done yeah, on Sunday because number one for me was make all defense second team. I wasn't even asking for the first team. I just said make the second team all defense because I think he's been worthy of it, and there's times that he definitely should have been given more consideration than he was. I think part of it's been the number of games played throughout the year, the success this team has had. That, to me, is just like a big deal. Like, if you're only playing 47 games, 42 games in a regular season, you're not going to make it. you got to play more than, you know, 65 games, more than likely. And he's played in 65 games just once three times in his career. So he's going to have to do that. And you're looking at he played 81 in his second season, 65 in his third season, and 74 in his fourth season back in 2018-2019. And he's yet to play over 62 games the last four years. So I think he's going to have to get 65 games under his belt, which could kind of go in. I'll just kind of say that then play 65 games for my first goal. Since you already said all defensive team, that way we don't kind of overlap here because I feel like he's got what it takes to be a healthy rim protector, be a healthy defensive uh, stalwart for this team. I think overall, when you look at this team, we're we've improved defensively with the additions we've made. So, you know, we'll we'll see how Benedict Matherin develops with the defensive side of things, but we know bringing in Bruce Brown, that's going to be a better defender than Buddy Hield or Benedict Matherin. So you're hoping that he can take that challenge. Now, I don't know how you feel, but I think Bruce Brown and Andrew Nimhart are probably in the similar boat in terms of defensive presence. Maybe Bruce has a little bit more experience, so maybe you feel yeah, like he's so. got the upper hand in that regard, but still I just think Having guys that have played are known are known for their defense around him, it's going to help his defensive case. And maybe he can continue to grow in the areas he needs to as a defensive player to get that recognition that he deserves. I completely agree. And that is why I come up with numerous goals, because staying healthy just in general was one of them. So I couldn't agree more because to your point, look, Turner hasn't played more than 62 games over the last four years. That represents 75% of the season. So you're talking about a quarter of the season we're without miles. Uh, you know, that's we can't overcome that. There mm-hmm. is a revolving door of uncertainty behind Miles Turner at the center position. Jalen Smith, Sid Jackson, Daniel Tice. It just feels like that would be tossing out a new center each night, hoping it's their night. We need Turner out there. So to your point of just staying healthy, if he can play 70 of the 82 games, it could go a long way for the Pacers because Miles, we need you. And Mm -hmm. that'll bring me to my next point of just, hey, my next goal is just continue to improve as a rebounder. (laughs) Man, we are are just copying off each other today. I I mean, here's the thing. It's 
I, I think that the masses would say these got to be the goals. Because, yeah. look, continue to improve as a rebounder. At times, Turner looked like a significantly better rebounder to last year than in years past. In the months of November and February in specific, he averaged nearly nine rebounds per game. However, in the month of March, he averaged just 4.8 rebounds per game. And there was 10 games on the season where he had four rebounds or less. Mm. The Pacers were already um, at a major disadvantage from a height standpoint on this team. There was really not a lot of players above six foot six. So a lot is on Miles' shoulders to pick up that uh, that load, you know, rebounding wise. And the thing is, it, it's a tall task, but I think Turner, if he can stay consistent, he could take that leap from last year's career high seven and a half rebounds and push as close as possible to nine rebounds per game. So we're asking for about an extra rebound and a half per game out of Miles from a team that has been horrific on the glass now, Alex a year ago you you asked for 10 I did and that's why I'm so mad at you right now for just keep talking you just kept going and I was like please don't say the number because I have oh yeah down. and my number was of course nine I said finish the season with nine rebounds per game and I'm like god Fachi, why do you got to just keep taking everything I'm writing down on my list here Great I, had my, like. I had mine in first though because I don't think you had yours done by Sunday I'll just be honest with you but uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway no, that's a good point. And, and the reason why it's like we talk about the all defensive teams and I didn't want to, you know, give it away too early. But the reason why he's not probably made all defensive teams is because of the lack of rebounds. I mean, that is something that they look at. And that's why some people consider Sabonis a good defender because of the rebounding. Like, no, Sabonis is not a great defender. Sabonis is a smart defender in terms of knowing where to position himself. But that doesn't mean that he just got like the natural instincts. Like Miles has got the natural instincts. Like he can block shots. He can recover pretty well. I would say he's got, I think even Miles deemed himself the best drop big in the league. So, I mean, I, I, he's got the confidence. He's got the swag. I think that continuing to add perimeter defenders on this roster, it's going to help improve his rebounding opportunities because we've talked about this. The times that he leaves the paint or leaves his man to protect the paint that's taken away from him getting a chance to be in better position to get a rebound. So if you've got to leave your man to step up because somebody else got beat, well, now you're kind of scrambling trying to get back and be active on the glass when your back's kind of turned, trying to protect the ball from going in the hoop. So you got to pick your poison there. Like, yeah, you talked about his block numbers being down a little bit. I would be okay if he only averaged two blocks a game, if it meant he got an extra rebound and a half per game, right? Me too. So that's one of those things I'd be willing to sacrifice. Like, hey, you don't have to average three blocks a game because I think even Kevin Pritchard said it, the more blocks you average does not necessarily mean that it's a good stat. It, it means yeah. that we're having issues not protecting the rim uh, or not allowing our guy, our opponents to get to the rim. So that's why I think if he can finish the season with nine rebounds, like you said, he improved to a career high last year at 7.5. If he can just improve to nine rebounds per game. Not asking for a double-double, but right there. I, I think that that's a huge step for him, and I think this upcoming season, he's starting the year out as 27 years old, right in the middle of his prime, just hitting his prime. We got to see that next step. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We really do. And I feel like, you know, like I mentioned before, the inconsistency, because some months he really did look like a completely different rebounder. And I feel that he can do that just on a little bit more of a consistent basis. So I do think this will be another career high rebound a year for Miles Turner. We just obviously, you know, last year was it his career year. Yes, but it was a career year by like 0.3. I think mm-hmm. he can take another step forward. And that's what the Pacers need because in just about every rebounding uh, category last year, the Pacers were, it was bad. It was yeah. real bad. I mean, it was like bottom three in a lot of categories, if not the worst. So mm-hmm. my last goal. Let me let me cut you off because I want to say on yours? you do, and you have more than one or more than three. So this, this, this way, is my last one. Yeah. So you have more than three. So if I accidentally steal yours, I'm hoping you have another one to to bounce no, off. And you can... uh, I'm out. I'm out of goals at this I, point. You know. I thought you said you had you five. Could... No, no, no. I said I had four. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, then you said uh, you said stay healthy. Oh, and so that you was that, that was an extra one. So I'd okay. say I had that in there. Okay, so got- this this one I wrote, shoot 38% from three this season. I okay. don't know if you put that or not. Did not. So I'm glad that I I'm glad that you didn't have that one. So we could at least talk about two different things here. But you have to go all the way back to 2018-19 to when he shot uh, 38% or greater. Last year he shot 37%, which was good. But the one thing about the last time he shot 38%, it was almost 39 or 38.8. He only took two and a half attempts per game. The last Four seasons, he's averaged four or more three-pointers a game. He's been pretty consistent. 1.4 for four in 1920. 1.5 for 4.4 in 21. Same stats in 21-22. And then last year, uh, a three and a half out of four attempts per game. I would like to see, I don't necessarily need to see the attempts go up, but I would love to see the percentage just go up a little bit because that means he's improving. And I think that there's probably going to be less shot attempts for him this year, I feel like based on the amount of talent we have on this team and guys that want to be looking for their shots. Like we already talked about how it's going to be difficult for guys to find minutes that deserve minutes. How are guys going to find a fair amount of shots when there's so many guys that need the ball in their hands or so many guys that are capable of putting the ball in the hoop. So I think when miles is hot, he needs to take advantage of that, continue to be that floor spacer that he is, but him continuing to grow as a three point shooter. Fachi is only going to make things easier. And I don't know if you saw this or not on Twitter, but it was about RJ Barrett talking about Team Canada, and they asked him how he's playing so well, and it's and he said because I have room to operate in the paint, and it kind of felt like it was a knock at Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, and yep. Miles Turner is one of those bigs that doesn't necessarily clog the middle because of his three point shooting. So 
I think that it's interesting to hear a player that young kind of say that that openly. A lot of guys are going to be excited to come to Indiana and play with a center that can really spread the floor. And we got to continue to make teams pay in terms of if they don't want to guard him or focus so much attention on Miles, we can't leave him open that it's going to open up more opportunities for guys like Benedict Matherin to get into the paint. Oh, man. I mean, I, I completely agree. And your point of you know asking for Turner to shoot 38%, I really do think that that's something that Turner can do. I got some stats to back it up. There was a lot of months last year where Turner was shooting over 40%. I mean, in the whole month of November, he shot 40%. In the month of December, he shot 44%. So at this point, you're basically at about 42% from three through, you know, uh, through the rest of 2022. Then it started to dip down a bit, 36% in January. Comes back strong February, shooting 44%. Alex, it was actually the last month of the season. Ramal shot four of 28 from three, just 14%, which ended up kind of killing those percentages a bit. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he would have been over that 38% that you're asking. So I really do think that he would have, if he can accomplish what you asked on just about that same volume. In the last four years, he's been at four threes attempted or more. I mean, this is someone who is very gifted. A couple of years ago, almost became the first player in NBA history to, I think it was average, you know, I think it was like um, average over two blocks per game or two and a half blocks per game, shoot 40% from three. End of the percentages ended up coming lower down. But um, I just think that Turner can do what you asked. And I think he will do it because there are more threats out there uh, to, to be able to defend. So I'm excited for that. Kind of leads me into my next and last goal is duplicate what you did last year offensively. I'm not even asking for a next step forward because, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, there's more talent out there. You did bring in Bruce Brown. You did bring in Obi Toppin. This is the second year of Matherin and Nemhard. It, it's fitting to say, yeah, he might not get enough shots compared to last year. So I don't need Turner to be a 20 points per game scorer. I just need you to show that last season was not just a contract year type of situation where you – did increase your scoring by five points per game. This is a guy who shot 55% from the field and 37% from three. That is extremely impressive. He nearly doubled his free throw attempts per game too. I mean, this was everything and more that you could have asked for from Miles Turner taking a step forward offensively. Uh, but then it just comes down to, could you do it again? Not more, but could you do what we saw if not, Maybe even a hair less, but not resort back to perhaps the 12 and a half points per game score, that type of you know player who's maybe the fifth option. It's, hey, can you play your role real strong where you might be that, maybe it's a second or third option, maybe, but just as consistent as you were last year. Yeah, and I think what's really interesting, if you go back and look at his numbers from his earlier career, and, and you look at that second season, his sophomore year, that was his second highest points total yep. per game for his career. And that was before they brought in DeMontis Sabonis. And then they bring in Sabonis as that backup big. And I think Al Jefferson was even on the team in 16, 17. He might have been the backup at that point. But I, I think Jan Mahimi was still on that team, if I'm not mistaken, I, in 16, 17. Yeah, so I think, I think 2016 is when he got the crazy contract. That's so it might not have been. So he might have been the starter that year. I can't remember. Yeah. But I know that Turner started some games 
And I'm trying to think, maybe it was Thad Young was on that team. I think that's who it was. Thad Young was that. So, you know, he had some really nice numbers there with Thad playing next to him and Paul, and it was kind of like a a different style of team, and I felt like he was more comfortable in that role. But what's really interesting there is he averaged 14.5 points per game, which was his second highest in his career. And they just continued to go down slowly into the 12-13 range, and it was because he wasn't getting as many shot attempts. And it was just kind of one of those things where he had to take a back seat because if you look at his field goal attempts, he was averaging 10.7 his second year with that team. And last year, he only averaged 11.8. So you're talking about one more attempt than what he averaged six years ago. So it's like the man has definitely sacrificed with his shot attempts. And I think that it's going to be something similar this year. Like he's on average 10 points or 10, 10 field goal attempts per year. That's his average for his career. You're probably going to see something similar to that. But I still think, like you said, if he can duplicate what he did last year, just in terms of efficiency, because the shot attempts were not that much more significant, but the way he was able to get those shots, the shots that he was getting were a lot more open looks. And that's all a credit to Tyrese Halliburton and his ability to find him and get him open looks and run the pick and pop with him very well. And even just being able to like create his own shot, like, like I saw Miles do that multiple times last year, create his own shot, not be afraid to be a little bit more physical in the paint. So just continuing to grow from that productive season last year with 18 points a game, like that's huge. And I I've, I felt like he was the second best player all year long. No, I really did too. And I just felt like what you mentioned, he was far better in the paint. He was more assertive. Just everything about him didn't feel like he had to be, you know, kind of pushed off to the three-point line and kind of floating over there. He was at times able to, you know, get his own, you know, from from two. And, and I think that was that huge step that we've been waiting for. So I, I think it's unrealistic to say, all right, now can you be a 20 and 10 guy? Nope. It's like, hey, could you be 17 and 8, you know, 17 mm. and, and 9? Any, anything of that sort would, would be magical for the Pacers because there is more talent on this team. So I think that that is a, a totally reasonable ask. Yeah. You know, for Miles, and, and I think the goals that we came up today, if Turner can deliver on on these, I mean, not even all of them, just the majority of them, <laughs> the Pacers are going to be a good team if he can stay healthy, improve as a rebounder, be consistent offensively, and then defensively do what you do. That yeah. is going to be arguably the, the biggest ask because this team has offensive juice. It really does, but defensive – Side of things, it can keep you up at night. So I, I just hope that, hey, if Turner can do some of these things, the Pacers are going to be all right. Yeah, I think we want to have all of our opponents being like Dwayne Wade in that dream back with the Gatorade commercial when he wakes oh, up in, yeah. a, in a sweat because he's having a nightmare. We want all of our opponents to feel that way when they see Miles down there in the paint protecting the rim. But with that being said, Fachi, I think that's a good way to end this episode here talking about Miles Turner and the season goals we have for him. So please let everybody know where they can find us at on social media. All right, you can find us on Twitter at SettingThePage3. You can find Alex on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F-A-C-C-I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook at Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok at Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Absolutely. You can check us out on YouTube at youtube.com slash setting the pace of Pacers podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating and review, especially if you enjoyed that Miles Turner 
podcast interview that we did and you enjoyed that, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star rating interview. But with that being said, Fachi, if you're excited to see Miles Turner take another step forward in his young NBA career, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. Mm-hmm.